This is the SF Productions Podcast Network. How I Got My Wife to Read Comics Episode 531 Can a comic book collector of over 30 years get his wife to read them? Will she let him keep them? Learn more in this podcast. Let's go to the comic book lounge with Mindy and Mark. The Doomsday Clock Strikes 12, Clark spells it out, Bat and Cat reunite, as does Wally's fam, the Legion gets muddled, Jimmy continues his crazy life, the Doom Patrol goes digital, and Superman's Golden Child. This is how I got my wife to read comics for Sunday, December 22nd, 2019. I'm Mark. And I'm Mindy. Just a reminder, you can go to sfpodcastnetwork.com to get the feed, other SF podcasts, and blogs, or you can subscribe via your favorite podcast catcher, but leave us a review. You can email sfpodcastnetwork at gmail.com, like us at facebook.com slash sfppn, follow us on Twitter at sfppn, check out tumblr.com slash blog slash sfppn, or call us at 614-321-9737. That's 614-321-9SFP. Well, it only took 760 days for DC to publish 12 issues, but we finally made it to... Doomsday Clock number 12 of 12 by Johns, Frank, and Anderson. When we last left this story, Superman and Dr. Manhattan were about to have it out. Doc remembers, or experiences again, his origin story, then explains that this is the point where either Cal destroys him or everything is destroyed. Getting in the way of all this conclusion are the people's heroes, here to arrest Superman for his apparent attack. There's some threats back and forth, and then they all attack the Man of Steel. Meanwhile, a group of UK heroes, which might be the Knights, are sent to protect America's interests, as well as the sleeping soldiers of Australia. Israel sends members of Hayoth to force Black Adam back to Kandak. China's Great Twenty sides with Russia. Japan sends big monster action. Throughout, Johns is furiously combing through his copies of Who's Who to populate these new teams. Also, Reggie Long is attacked by a racist during the panic. He's saved by Alfred, who says Superman needs his help. He refuses at first, saying he cannot become Rorschach based on all the violence and evil he's seen. His father always saw the good in everyone, and we see shots of Johnny Thunder and the GL Lantern, Osmandius, and a Legion ring, while all he sees is the evil of man. Batman swoops in and convinces him that he can change what Rorschach is. Oh, and Luther lets Lois go so she can write her story, and the world will know that Lex figured it all out. During all of this, Superman valiantly tries to fight off a legion of various heroes and is doing badly. Washington is the site of a massive battle of heroes and villains, most of whom even I don't recognize. Cal begs Doc to at least help the civilians caught in the middle, and he replies that he has already seen that he doesn't do so. Doc then tells Clark that he was responsible for the death of Ma and Pa Kent in a car accident. This is the last straw for Superman. He leaps at Manhattan, who just acquiesces to the end. It doesn't go that way, though. He was just protecting Doc from another hero's attack. Soups asks Doc about the photos he is inadvertently leaving behind and suggests that the darkness he sees coming is everything you have to save your world. Doc understands now. Everything ends. 
and we slowly go to black for three pages. I guess that's how they got out the issue before 2019 ended. We come back up to the explosion of Krypton and a rocket landing on Earth at various points throughout history. Cut to Pa Kent about to tell a young Clark to stay hidden because of what the world might do to him. Then it's 1940 and the lantern is pushed back into place, which allows the JSA to exist, which inspires Pa Kent to kill Clark to show the world what he can do. When the car crash happens, it's Superboy that saves his parents. Because Superboy exists, some kids in the 31st century are inspired to form the LSH. Johnny Thunder is reminded that he can't find the Thunderbolt because he became the Thunderbolt. A quick see you later and he is gone. Back in the battle, Superman gets some help. The entire JSA and LSH arrives in a two-page spread. It's clearly the Bendis version of the Legion and John's society lineup. The latter raises a question. Who is Power Girl in this new continuity? Is she a Kryptonian? Is she an alternate Kara? Anyway, the cavalry makes quick work of the attackers, and as Manhattan watches, he is inspired. 1938. Superman holds a Ford over his head. Decades later, lightning hits a police scientist and the Speed Force is created, which in turn creates the multiverse. Earth 2 is born with the JSA. The crisis happens, which forms Earth 1985, the version of the DCU prior to the crisis, which still goes on today. Flashpoint creates Earth 52, also still in existence. In 2020, the old gods warp the metaverse, creating a new timeline, a.k.a. next year's event. 2025, a new crisis involving the Time Masters disrupts things again, but Superman and his greatest allies return. In that splash panel, there is a second Batman and Wonder Woman who are both black. 2026, the timeline is restored and Earth 5G is born. Now, this is what they've been talking about for the last several months of Earth 5G, but supposedly that's going to happen next year, not in 2026. 2030, a secret crisis involves heroes from DC and Marvel. 2038, a rocket lands discovered by the Kents. In a different 2038, the Kents and their baby Colin find the rocket. 2045, another rocket, and this time the Kents are childless. 2162, yet another rocket, and the Kents have a daughter, Clara. 2965, Superman appears in Metropolis. Eventually, Superman's timeline will converge with the time of the Legion of Superheroes, and humanity will embrace the ways of Superman. Superman is the linchpin of all continuities because hope is the North Star of the metaverse. And now some cleanup. Manhattan brings together Ozmandias, Mime, Marionette, and the Comedian. Ozzy's plan worked. Luther found the material to exonerate Superman, who convinced Manhattan to step in and fix things. So let's go home. Everyone lives today. There's a shot as Comedian shoots Ozzy in the chest. Luther pops in and uses a vibrational gun to send Comedian back where he came from, which is in the middle of his fall to his death. The new Rorschach comes over to Osmandias and appears to plunge his fist into the wound, but it's his mask to stop the bleeding so that he can pay for his crimes. Cut to 1954 and the diner with Carver Coleman. Manhattan tells him, don't be afraid of what you feel. Carver comes out as gay, is shunned by the industry for decades, but returns to win an Oscar, becoming an advocate for gay rights. The JSA will investigate the DEO's actions surrounding the Superman theory. There are references to the old movie The Silver Blade. Amanda Waller moving to impeach the president. Dr. Midnight setting up an all-star clinic for Metas. 
Wonder Woman setting up a new Global Guardians, Luther realizing that Osmandias had the right idea, but it could be improved upon, and Clark and Lois meeting up with Ma and Pa Kent in Metropolis. Manhattan then returns to his world and recreates it. Osmandias' HQ has become his prison, where a young girl visits daily, becoming a new hero, Nostalgia, with Bubastis by her side. Mime and Marionette have a child taken away from them at birth and raised by Manhattan. He's also got his own family as he creates a reality where he was never given his powers and married Janie. Finally, he removes all nuclear weapons from his world. As he fades away, he gives his powers to the young boy, dropped off at the home of the former Night Owl and Silk Spectre. The boy arrives at their doorstep, is met by their daughter, who invites him in. My name's Sally, what's yours? John calls me Clark. The end. That's a lot to unpack. How much of this will actually make it into continuity? Will it all go away in the next inevitable reboot? Will we ever see Earth Watchmen again? Does this tie into the HBO Watchmen series, which we haven't seen, in any way? In any case, another event is in the books. Superman number 18 by Bendis, Reese, Prado, and Sinclair. When Superman calls a press conference, the world shows up. There's a lot of scuttlebutt about what it's all about. Cut to a week earlier at the United Planet's first official session. Cal runs into Adam Strange, who asks him, Are you okay? No. Cal begins talking about his secret identity in the light of how secrets destroyed Jor-El and created a war. Adam asks why he has a secret ID. Who wouldn't want to sit at a desk? I like my desk, Clark says. The ID was originally there to help him be with people and learn about humanity, but now he's a husband and a father. Does he still need it? Clark Kent enters the Daily Planet offices and Perry White's office. With no dialogue, we see him reveal the S symbol to Perry, and they hug it out. Cut to Gotham, where Jimmy's taking pics at a crime scene. Superman arrives and asks if they can talk. He puts the glasses on in front of him. I, I don't get it. What is this, like an impression you're trying? Turns out Lois had just called and told him. She's known Jimmy longer than she's actually known Clark and felt like she should tell him. And now we're back at the press conference where he publicly announces he is Clark Kent. We see various characters, heroes, and villains all seeing this on their screens. He's still planning on working as Clark Kent journalist, although I don't see how that works, and neither does Superman. What happens then? I don't know, but thank you for inspiring me. And he flies off. Meanwhile, at the Legion of Doom, Luther, how did you not see this coming? And we see Lex about to scheme. If you need another sign that DC is about to reboot things, this should do it. I think the writers were told to do what you want. It won't matter in a year anyway. On the other hand, Cal revealed the same thing during the New 52, and it all got magicked away. Batman number 85 by King, Janan, and Belair. Tom King ends his monumental and yet abbreviated run on the Dark Knight. Bruce is on the floor, taken out by Thomas Wayne. Bat? All right, cat, break him. Cut to a bar where the Gotham Knights game is on. Bruce decides to stop in to see its conclusion, and of course it's a metaphor about always being the darkest before the dawn. Cut to Batman with Gotham Girl, who keeps bugging him to just marry Selina. Everyone thinks they know me. No one does. She knows you. Back to the fight with Thomas on the ground. Cut to Thomas in a straitjacket in jail and Batman visiting him. Are you proud of me? Back to the fight. Thomas has a gun at Bruce's head. 
Got to Bruce checking in at Alfred's grave, telling him he just met with the kids. They had cucumber sandwiches. Selena interrupts him. The bat signal is up. Shots of bat and cat on rooftops with inserts of them taking out minor villains bantering all the way. Should we get married? When? How about now? Okay. Back to the fight. You are not bad men. Cut to Bruce and Selene in bed, realizing they skipped the part where they actually got married. They don't need a ceremony. They are forever. Back to the fight where Bruce tells Thomas that he made a choice when he was a child and continues to make it every day. I chose Batman. Cut to Thomas and Martha in bed, concerned about their child, with a parallel to Thomas in a prison hospital. Is that all? Yes, Bane, I'm done. This is the end, Batman, as he breaks Thomas's back. Back to the fight, where Thomas gives up. Bruce, my boy, when will you finally listen to your father? You are not my father, as Bruce punches him out. Cut to Gotham Girl, who is given the piece of platinum kryptonite, which will give her back her powers with no concerns of losing her life to do so. Cut to the bar, where the Gotham Knights pull off a miraculous victory and Selina joins Bruce there. And that does it. There's supposedly a Batman-Catwoman mini coming next year to finish King's story, but it's already been delayed once. We also get a taste of Tinny and the Force's new Batman run, which I will try, but will most likely drop. Legion of Superheroes number 2 by Benda Sook, Von Grabager, and Belair. We really enjoyed issue number 1, not so much the follow-up. Bendis is now doing a lot of world building, which I'm sure is needed, but it's at the expense of what LSH was good at, characters. There's just a lot of people on each panel, only a handful of which are doing more than just punching things or hanging out. There's this whole deal of protecting Aquaman's ancient trident. Superboy's confusion over what's going on. Why won't he just sit down and watch the orientation video? Rose Forrest acting as a... LSH liaison to the UFP president in a very forceful manner. Ultra Boy's issues with his royal father. There are references to sub-teams going out to handle various missions, which I think will give the series and the characters a chance to breathe. And then John decides it's a good idea to go pick up Damien from 2019 so he can see Planet Gotham. There's way too much to nail down already without adding this complication. Come on, Bendis, it's not like DC is going to kick you off this title in six issues. And you have to jam it all in now. Flash forward number four of six by Labdell, Booth, Raymond, and Guerrero. While he's back with his family, Jay, Iris, and Linda, before it's all taken away by Flashpoint. We return to the present on Earth-13. This is the world of horror mixed with heroics, and Wally is in the clutches of Super Demon Etrigan. They spar physically and verbally as Wally tries to speak in rhymes. Tempest Fuginot stops by explaining his mission— Earth-13 and Earth-32, home to merged heroes-slash-villains like Starrofire, are being merged by Dark Matter, which will destroy them both. Of course, the teams from both worlds, the League of Shadows and the Outlaws of Justice, are too busy fighting each other to help. Wally runs into Lightspeed, another speedster who happens to be the Linda Park of that world. He convinces her to team up, and they use the MacGuffin staff to stop the merger. He knows this isn't his Linda, but she kisses him anyway. Wally tries to return to find out his next mission, but he winds off in a world where all the heroes he killed are in a Mount Rushmore-esque display. He also finds Jay and Iris. Of course, the first thing they need to do is run. Superman's pal, Jimmy Olsen, number 6 of 12, by Fraction, Lieber, and Fairburn. 
More tiny tales that fill in various blanks on this sprawling miniseries rolls on. Jimmy's in jail. Remember how a police detective framed him? Well, we learn he was just held overnight as Luther dropped all charges. Meanwhile, Dix, interdimensional jewel thief, learns at the altar that Jimmy never got around to filing the annulment paperwork. Oops! Now she's out on his trail. And we see how assassin Nathan Guy took out the Jimmy life dummy and then was captured in a taxi by Lex. He was mad that a crime was committed that he didn't okay first. Nathan commits suicide instead of facing Lex. Next, we meet James Corrigan III. Say, is it true that James Corrigan is possessed by the specter of vengeance and can summon supernatural powers to unleash ironic and surreal punishments on the wicked souls the law cannot touch? Yeah, but not this Jim Corrigan. This one's just a guy. Trey is also a police detective checking into the death of the other detective that framed Jimmy. He doesn't get much of a chance, and Luthor clears Olsen. But now Jimmy was just shot. On to another case. At the Fortress of Solitude, Cal is doing some Kryptonian supermedicine to check out Dr. Mantell back from ultraspace. There, he saw Jimmy is in trouble, and if the doctor doesn't help him, Jimmy and a whole world will die. Fortunately, Lois knows where Jimmy is. This is a problem for Superman, who promised to stay out of the whole thing. So whenever they start talking about Jimmy, he starts shouting, la, 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 la. Finally, Jimmy and playwright sister Janie are attacked on the street, but his new blue cat barfs up acid blood at them. They run into his apartment, only to find more goons and Batman, who runs them off. Bruce has decided he can't keep Jimmy safe in Gotham, so he sends him out of town via Alfred's limo. Oh, and Batman's last prank was to get him legally renamed Jimphony. Batman always wins, Jimphony. Remember that. Doom Patrol, Weight of the Worlds, number six from Young Animal by Way, Lambert, and Francia. This issue is kind of a tribute to early 90s digital comics like Batman Digital Justice when graphics were pretty poor. The team gets a visit from a giant sphere from a virtual reality planet being taken over by a virus. They jack in and get pixelated. Of course, it's all a trap. The virus involves a frog delivering baguettes, which start to break down the system and trap the inhabitants. In the end, the sphere is actually the bad guy, and the team have to save the frog. Meanwhile, Cliff continues to do good deeds on another world to get upgrades. This has gone on for so long that Cliff is now an entire planet with a mission to liberate the universe. I'm getting the idea you're kind of tired of this title. Yeah, I am. (laughs) The Dark Knight Returns the Golden Child by DC Black Label by Miller, Grandpa, and Belair. Every few years, Frank Miller returns to the universe he created back in the 80s for another chapter. We've already met Superman's daughter, Lara, now meet her younger brother, Jonathan. Both have inherited some form of their father's powers, His son seems detached from the world, realizing how insignificant and destructive humans actually are. They see riots over politics. Miller doesn't hide that it's all about Trump. And we learned that Joker and Darkseid are helping old Cheeto face get reelected in order to continue chaos. Batgirl Carrie tries to put out the riot using one of the factions to help her. Carrie stops Joker while Lara and Jonathan appear to defeat Darkseid, but then he returns as an angry god. 
He takes over Lara, and then Jonathan fires off his neutron vision, but winds up being crushed by the new god. His essence goes into Darkseid's brain and destroys him from within, leaving his depowered body for Carrie and her mob to finish off. It's all very bloody and very on the nose. Meh. I'm glad you agree with me on that one. (laughs) All right. Before we get out of here, it's time to play our America's Fastest Growing New Game Show. Guess who's on the cover of Entertainment Weekly? Are you ready, Mark? I think I'm ready. Okay. This is the January 2020 issue. Okay. TV related? Yes. Uh, one person on the cover? No. A, a cast of a show on the cover? Yes. Uh, is it on broadcast TV? No. Is it on cable? Yes. Is it on pay cable? Yes. Is it on HBO? Yes. Um, is it a new show? Um, no. Okay. So it's a returning show? Yes. Um, and it's on HBO. Is it genre related? No. Is it a drama? Yes. Okay. Um, a returning show on HBO. I'll give you a clue. It had its second season. Okay, so it, it, it's had it or it's about to have its second I believe season. it's had it. I okay. believe it may be in process right now. Okay. So, um, it, and it's, but it's not related to, okay, so it's not Watchmen because it's not, no. And it's not genre related. Um, uh, is it based in current times? Yes. Uh, is there politics related? Um, sort of, sort but of, not. Sort of, but not. Mainly. Okay. Well, um, how many? Uh, let's see. Are there two people on the cover? No. Three. Um, let me count. <laughs> it, oh, there's a lot then. Well, <laughs> if, if you have to count, there's a lot. Nope, it's three. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, uh, all women. No. All men? No. Uh, uh, <laughs> so a mix. It's not going to help you. That's not going to help me. No. Uh, are they under 40? Um, two of the three. Okay. Uh, are they under 30? Um, probably not. <laughs> probably not. Oh, boy, this is a hard one. Because we really don't watch HBO. We haven't had it for so long. Um, a drama, and it's... Hmm. It has been getting a lot of buzz. I'll tell you it's the Entertainers of the Year Okay. issue. All right. That's probably not going to help That's you. That's not going to help me at all. It's a media TV show. Media TV show. And that's not... Oh, too bad. You didn't make it, Mark. Nope. Succession. Oh, okay. I, I could have... You could have guessed gone, all day and not gotten I could have guessed for all day it. and not gotten into Succession. Um... <laughs> uh, Announcer Bot, how can the folks find us online? Go to sfpodcastnetwork.com to get the feed, other SF podcasts, and blogs. Subscribe via your favorite podcast catcher and leave us a review. You can email sfpodcastnetwork at gmail.com. Like us at facebook.com slash sfppn. Follow us on Twitter at sfppn. Check out tumblr.com slash blog slash sfppn. Call us at 614-321-9737. That's 614-321-9SFP. Back to you, Mark. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.